We're live, I think. Okay. Um, hey, everyone. Just going to give it a minute for people to log in. I wish this thing would pre-populate or if I could figure out how to do that. But um, for now, we'll just give it a second. And just because you're looking at the screen, I just want to note that Tim is there. Um, we had some technical difficulties getting his screen up and running. So rather than mess with it, he's going to do this. He's going to be a screen until the end and then uh, turn it off just so it works. Um, yeah, I'm going to be a disembodied head yeah. for a little while. But don't worry. You guys can look at my face at the end. He's real. I promise. I saw him. <laughs> and uh, because, because, unfortunately, I just have the one screen and I can't see the chat window, I won't be able to answer questions in line. Um, but don't worry, we'll go pretty fast, and we'll, there'll be plenty of time at the end. I'll hang out to answer any questions anybody might have. Cool. Um, so I know it sent some push notifications to people. I'm just going to go into the chat, into the Slack, and also remind people. There's got to be a better way to pre-populate this. Like Facebook does the same thing. You can't. It doesn't start populating it until you hit the live button, which means you're just talking to yourself for the first couple minutes. Um, but if you are here, say hi in the chat. Um, that way, we know. I know. I think I see at least a couple people here. Um, if you're if you can't chat, make sure you're logged into your Google account, um, and that'll let you chat. You don't need to start a channel or anything. Just make sure you have a Google account. And that'll let you do it. Well, Pi Pi. Um, all right. Why don't we just kick this thing off and people will roll in as they do. I know some people on the West Coast are still working. Um, but we East Coast folks, we're going to enjoy our evening starting now. So um, hi, everyone. If uh, you're joining for the first time, I am Jen Vargas, and I run the Just Product community. It's Just Product Jobs and JustProduct.co. And every month we do a live stream bringing in a member of our community who's going to talk about something they know and something uh, in the product field and share their knowledge. And hopefully you'll learn something and maybe want to do a talk in the future. Um, today we have Tim. Oh, crap. He just told me Freitas. <laughs> it's Tim Freitas. It's, yeah. it's not how you, you phonetically it. pronounce it in either option, <laughs> but it's Freitas. Tim Freitas, who... Um, has had quite has quite the resume. Um, he works DigitalOcean, CreateSpace, Amazon, Giphy, and now you're at Stay, I believe, which is working on the future of cities, which is really cool. Um, and so he's going to be talking to us about building a better roadmap for your team. So he's going to do his talk, which we promise he's there. His head will appear at the end. We just want to make sure the screen works for this and you can see the presentation. Um, and at the end of his talk, um, He'll come in and do Q&A. And so if you have any questions, either during the talk or after, just throw them in the chat, and we'll answer them at the end. Um, and because he can't see the chat, he won't be answering during it. So don't worry. We will get to your questions just at the end. And without further ado, let's just have you take it away, Tim. All right. Thanks, Jen. Um, so Jen, yeah, stole a little bit of my thunder as, uh, as far as explaining my background goes. But I think uh, uh, the point, the takeaway there is I, I've worked at um, – to being absorbed in Amazon and working for a 150,000 person monolith. Like, they're like twice that now since in, in the four short years that I've, three short years that I haven't uh, worked there anymore. 
Um, and then uh, I was the first outside product hire at DigitalOcean and uh, helped uh, them um, you know, put together the roadmap for all the things that are launching now. And then I spent the last year at Giphy, uh, where I was platform PM and redid their API. Um, and uh, I left that to join State, which is uh, smart city tech. Just think of it as the database for the cities of the future, and you're in the right ballpark. So something like Segment.io or something like that, uh, or I guess it's just Segment.com now. But uh, think of something like a really easy to put all of city data in one place so that the cities can actually make real-time insights. And uh, you got an idea of what I'm working on now. So I've worked, uh, my current team is five people in the entire company, uh, but I've had as many as like 300 stakeholders at a time. Um, but uh, curiously, you know, the process that I've used over the years has actually just become more and more standardized uh, instead of less. Um, there's some exceptions, but I, I'm going to walk through, um, you know, sort of the framework that I use now. So, you know, you'll have these sorts of problems no matter how big your company is. You know, you'll have uh, competing priorities and difficult stakeholders and, uh, you know, things like that. Um, and if those sound common, I'm sure they do because every PM experiences them. Um, so I have a framework for this, which is what I'm sharing with you today. And this is just uh, one possible framework that's evolved over the years that works for me. Um, there's a couple similar frameworks out there that um, from or, or, you know, kind of are eerily close to what I was already doing. Um, one I drew inspiration from was uh, Pandora's uh, approach to think in 90 day cycles. Uh, once I can actually like type in a Slack window, I'll actually link all these resources so you don't have to remember all this stuff. Uh, but they focus on the next 90 days, which I found really valuable in separating the wheat from the chaff. Uh, and then a recent thing that came out uh, about a month ago was uh, the brand, di brand design sprint uh, process by Google Ventures, which is actually really close to what you're going to see today. Um, basically, um, you know, going through some ideas, discussing voting, reconvening, uh, and working on consensus that way. Um, there's no one true path to this sort of stuff. You know, your mileage may vary. Um, be as methodical as I am about this, uh, but I've found this to have value for me and sort of getting, uh, it's a good blend of the qualitative and the quantitative in my in my view. Uh, and if you don't use any of this, that's fine. Um, you know, that's what this is all about, is just sort of uh, for each of us. And I found that this has worked for me at a lot of different scales. Um, and uh, let's see, do, 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 do. sorry. My, uh, my keynote thing lost my little notes, so I'll extemporize while it's happening. So, um, is it's really, uh, I, I, you know, sort of um, paint this as one two-hour meeting. Uh, sometimes I'll call it a half-day meeting, but really, like, you can get this done in a couple hours uh, where I, you know, uh, say, hey, you know, any stakeholders that are really important to this planning process, um, let's come together and let's decide what we're doing for the 90 days, uh, next 90 days. This is the place where those decisions get made. Um, so, um, you know, sort of going through the list here, you know, number one is just like gathering the right people. Um, you know, ideally you have a representative from each functional team that has a serious stake in the roadmap. Uh, we know they need to be there because they're impacted by this work heavily. Uh, in a normal, you know, SaaS company, just to use an example, it's probably most familiar to most of you. You know, that probably looks like, um, you know, somebody from each product team, if you have multiple product teams. Um, you know, uh, a representative, if not the lead from each engineering team, uh, someone from marketing, uh, someone from customer experience or success or whatever, uh, you know, your brand of uh, customer support is called nowadays. Um, but, you know, your group may look different. 
you know what your group looks like. I can guarantee you without, you know, you could, you're thinking that, oh, well, you know, I don't have some of those people, but I have other people who are important. Um, you know what your group, your group looks like, you know. So um, the idea is just to make sure that the right people are in the room are heard um, and they have a chance to express. Um, patients. Uh, I really try to explain, you know, what we're doing that, uh, you know, we're offering everybody a seat at the table to be a voting party in really setting the stage for what the company does uh, over the next quarter and really empower people. Uh, you know, that leads into getting people excited, uh, which is, you know, sort of a, a cousin of setting expectations. But setting expectations also means, you know, um, saying, that, like, this is a serious meeting. Uh, prepare for it. Uh, know what your team wants to do and why. What you think is most important in the next quarter. Leave your cell phone and your laptop at, uh, at your desk. You know, someone will be here to take notes. This is a discussion where you're going to be engaged. Um, the sooner that you set those expectations, the better. I also like to set the expectation that this meeting will move really fast. Uh, I find putting, you know, a time constraint and um, you know, having people really think about um, they need to make quick decisions uh, really helps take a lot of the uh, hot air out of the room when it comes to someone uh, spending 30 minutes trying to extemporize their point. Uh, we're, you know, set the expectations you're going to make. Uh, decisions quickly, and these are going to be lasting decisions. Um, and then, um, so all of this, uh, I guess, you know, I could say that I do this, this whole preparation section generally gets kicked off a couple weeks before the actual meeting with stakeholders. So, um, you know, saying, hey, that's the time of year again, we're going to do quarterly planning. Um, you know, if we've done this before and I've worked with you know, people doing this and they know, if not, I'll outline like how this really works. Um, that people should come with a stack ranked list of, uh, you know, stories that are important to their team appropriately. Um, and I won't get into the dark art of sizing in this talk. It's a whole other talk in itself. I uh, have yet another magical spreadsheet and you'll see a spreadsheet in this presentation that I use for sizing stuff. Um, if you want to know more about how my method works, um, I'm happy to answer questions, of course, but uh, I highly recommend the book, How to Measure Anything by Douglas Hubbard. Again, I will link this in the Just Product Chat. Uh, but very good, no-nonsense, no like, way to statistics to uncertainty. Uh, and you, that will go a long way towards, um, you know, sort of calibrating, um, you know, people who are, are most people are not very good at estimating things uh, and getting them a little bit more in the ballpark. Um, also, just make a quick aside on tooling here. So however you manage your roadmap and your priorities and stuff is up to you. You'll see that I'm going to use a Google Sheet during this process. Um, I usually actually do use a Google Sheet or Excel, for the for which will become self-evident why in a minute because I do some calculations in it. But uh, the tooling that uses up to you, um, I think the method holds true even if you're just using uh, a Kanban board or if you have some you know, complex Jira workflow, it doesn't matter. Um, as long as the stories are all in one place and you can stack rank them, that's the minimum tool set you need to apply this. Um, uh, you've spent two weeks, you've uh, worked with stakeholders, um, you, know, you should have met with uh, the main stakeholders who are supposed to bring deliverable 
uh, stack ranked, uh, you know, things um, to be prioritized over the quarter. Um, hopefully you've worked with them to make sure that everything is a 90 day task or less in their mind uh, for their portion of the work. Uh, that's particularly important because we're only talking about, you know, essentially a 90-day sprint here, for lack of a, a you know, better analogy. Um, the reason why is because uh, if you, you'll read the Pandora article I, read, I uh, will link out, is that um, anything after 90 days is a, it's a lot more conjecture. And um, if something's big enough to be over 90 days, then it just hasn't been thought um, deeply enough about what the first step is. The first step of a, of a year-long project is not more than 90 days, right? Um, so, uh, you know, be diplomatic and work with your stakeholders to make sure that the lists that they bring are uh, granular enough to be valuable in this context. Um, and um, just sort of quickly uh, before we, I'll dive, I'll jump through um, each of these and explain these in detail. But for the meeting itself, um, like I said, I budget two hours. If it's a large enough group of stakeholders, sometimes I'll say it's a half day thing. Um, but I try to set the expectation that it's gonna be a couple hours are gonna be fast. Things that you really need are post-its. Um, those are actually really important because there's gonna be some blind voting in here um, or something to, to write things down, but it's very nice if you can stick them on the board and rearrange them into groups, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, and I just transcribe any remote stakeholders and just uh, work with them over Slack or the tool of your choice to just gather their votes for the voting stage and, uh, and that sort of thing, which we'll get to. Um, and then the you know, final thing that you sort of uh, need to bring is yourself. Um, you know, uh, you're gonna actually play a really big part in the success of this. This is your chance to shine and inspire people as a PM. Um, this is the part of your job that you don't get to do as much sometimes, which is you're the uniter here. You're the one who's going to help steer people in the right direction. If arguments occur, you're going to be the one to ask the right kinds of questions to keep people on the, you know, the actual quantitative and not qualitative um, nature of what we're trying to do here. Um, there's going to be a little bit of a blend there. It's okay for there to be some gut feel stuff, but if someone's going on a tangent and is not being helpful, you know, this is, you need to, uh, uh, so, you know, be sure to bring yourself in addition to everything else or this is not gonna work. But uh, to step through, uh, the way this works is we work together to choose what we think the top goals are for the company for the next 90 days. We'll discuss and, and vote on that. Um, we'll then go through the master list of asks um, and compare those to the, the goals that we've uh, come up with as a group. Um, we'll determine the effort, the relative effort of each of those tasks, including any sort of inter-team dependencies. Um, come up with a natural stack ranking, which will become, hopefully also become self-evident in a minute. Uh, and then finally, you want to discuss and vote that final stack ranking and get buy-in. A lot of this is just constructed to um, create a framework for simple, basic stack ranking and then a deeper discussion about whether or not it's accurate um, so that everybody has a voice in what happens. Start with top goals. So the way that this works is um, I first ask everyone. I live next to a motorcycle. Bummer, so, that's, uh, so I will first ask everyone um, in the room to take 
uh, I'll hand them a stack of, you know, three or five post-its and I'll just say, you know, write down what you think the top goals are, are for the company over the next quarter. Now, depending on your company, you may be sufficiently advanced where your company already has very clear quarterly goals, which is great. You know, you can probably just simply confirm that everybody's on the same page of what those are really fast and not have everyone vote. Um, but uh, depending on where I've been at, sometimes that's required some clarification. So I have everyone just sort of like blindly write down what they think the top three co uh, company goals are and then uh, take turns going up onto a whiteboard or a wall and just sticking them up, saying what they wrote and why they wrote it. Um, when you do this with six or seven or eight people, uh, if you know your group is that big, then it's usually actually pretty revealing, like uh, what like the common themes are uh, versus what are important to just a team or a single stakeholder. Um, so uh, we put all those up there, and then there's going to be duplicates, right? Like um, you know, more than one person's probably going to choose um, something. Uh, let's just say revenue is like important to group or or a stakeholder. Uh, so uh, I try to consolidate all of those. And then um, we discuss that those groups are the correct groups of post-its and then have people like knowing what what's up there. So everybody else is like put up what's up there. You know, we now have like six different groups of like what our top goals are. Have everyone go up and put, you know, uh, three votes, you know, for their one, two, and three. Uh, and then uh, you'll have, you know, nice segregated groups of different sorts of goals. And then you'll have um, a score on each of them for how important they really are. From there, there's usually like three clear winners I've found. Um, every once in a while, you'll have a fourth one. Early, you'll have a fifth one. Uh, but, you know, now you should have between two and five, like, really important goals for your company. 90 days. Um, these goals should be pretty specific and pretty um, quantitative. Like someone might, and you, this is another place where you as the PM need to be aware of that and steer the conversation. So, you know, someone might put up a sticker that says improved customer experience. Um, you know, when they do that and they talk about that, you should challenge them on what they really mean. Like in, improved customer experience could mean, um, um, you know, great customer support to um, just a speedier checkout experience to um, um, a lot of different things, right? I mean, use your imagination. Um, you need to get a little bit more specific uh, with that. Uh, so something like speed or latency is actually like a better general um, top goal than uh, improved customer experience, which is kind of vague and could mean a lot of things. So try and be specific and quantitative. I found every single ask, no matter what it is, if it's something like, you know, ship things faster to customers, is you know, it, it can be distilled a little bit uh, further than that down to some, a primitive. And those primitives are things like activation, retention, uh, recurring usage, referral, right? Uh, reduced bounce rate, increased revenue, improved conversion, you know, scaling or tech debt uh, sort of things. Like there's a few buckets where I found that almost everything can be distilled down into those. And um, those are my buckets. 
I try and you know look at what's up there and, and fit it into one of those uh, if it isn't one. Um, and the closer you can get it to a one to three word uh, explanation of what your goal is, uh, the more successful you'll be at a later stage of this. So hopefully at this point we've chosen the top few goals and we've gotten some consensus on you know what we think the goals are for the next 90 days of business. Uh, then finally, you know, we have this big list, which is, you know, probably a few dozen items long um, of, uh, you know, feature requests or priorities for the next 90 days. Um, I construct one giant list and I try and stagger it between like what's really important for each team and just sort of go, you know, one, 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 two, two, two or whatever uh, and try and, you know, put the things that each team thought was important near the top. Um, and you'll see in a second, I'm going to walk you through an example. I'll actually create a matrix where there's a big list of goals on the left-hand side, and then across the top, there's our three, um, you know, company goals, and then there's also a bucket for level of effort for how hard this is, and we're going to sort of create a calculation matrix to figure out how much, which of these things are really important. But before we do that, um, I'll look at, we'll look at that big list of stuff, and we'll concentrate mostly on the top, but, uh, you know, we'll try and rank what's there um, and compromise it, right? So you just want to get things to rough priority order, uh, but uh, make sure that, you know, no team member in the room is feeling slighted that their thing isn't in the top, you know, 10 or top 20. If there's something they really think is important, uh, you can sort of bump that to the top of the list. You can kind of weight uh, the company goals if needed. I'll show you what I mean by that in a second, but um, you know, you could decide simply like far and above more important than the other two goals that you come up with, uh, and you can work that into your analysis uh, at the end. And I'll show you how I would do that. Um, you know, you can take whatever path you want, but uh, I sort of have a template that I can share with you um, how I myself. Um, so now that we have all these things up here in kind of rough shuffled priority order based off of nothing but the feel, gut feels of uh, the stakeholders that you're dealing with there on the other uh, you know, uh, side of the matrix, we can go, okay, like how hard is this stuff really? Um, and I can think of that in you know, some sort of t-shirt sizing like small, medium, large or, or something like that where um, for me, small is like under a couple weeks Medium is like two to six weeks, and then large would be like six to twelve weeks. You know, there's twelve weeks in a quarter, so something that's you know gonna take more than more than a, you know half the period in the quarter. Um, your buckets are kind of up to you. Um, I find that those work pretty well, and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna give different scores to each of those in a minute. Um, I also here use this as an opportunity to make sure that scoring is accurate by asking everyone any serious interdependencies between any of these products or projects that they see, um, because those should probably make those efforts a, a little bit more complex than people think. Um, well, uh, you know, the more uh, people you have in this network of, of uh, building something, the harder it gets, right? You know, you'll have halting problems, there's order of operations, um, you know, marketing's ready for you, but you're not done with something, or you're done with something, but, uh, you know, the platform team isn't done with the API you need to integrate with. Um, those things will happen, and you should work those into 
uh, the level of effort required for a, a given uh, project. So, um, you know, at this point, you know, I just have everyone what's on the board, if they're comfortable with the effort that they've assigned to things and the, you know, rough priority order of things. And if there's no objections, move on. If there's an object, an objection, um, you know, talk about it, but set the expectation that, you know, uh, you, the real thing to talk about is why, uh, you know, why is there an objection? What's the real, um, the real point? And, um, you know, set the expectation that it's a quick discussion um, and that at some point, if the discussion goes on for too long, that the conversation needs to continue. So yeah, finally, it's just like, um, at this point, you should actually, right, uh, which I'll sort of step you through in a minute, you should actually have a priority, a stack rank priority list of your roadmap that um, everybody in theory should be pretty close to agreed on. You should have a list of items that everybody brought to the table. You should know um, how heavily they, um, they help meet the quarterly goals. And you should have a rough idea of how much effort they are for the company as a whole. Apply some scoring where they sort of uh, self-stack rank themselves. Um, and it's always very interesting when you get to this point and you see people um, look at stuff and maybe not in the order that they originally thought. Uh, there's usually an aha moment here. Um, and if there's not, then that's okay. You're a well-oiled team. There's nothing to feel bad about. Um, so I will go through this list and be like, this is it. Um, we don't know where the line is and what we can accomplish yet, but um, it, all other things being equal, here's the, you know, here's the list of the top 15 or 20 things that we went through the trouble of scoring because we probably can't get much farther than that with the resources we have. Um, does everybody feel really, you know, good about this or not? Um, if, uh, and then there's a, there's engaging the silent people. So one has been too quiet up to this point. Um, this is also another chance to see how this PM and go, Hey, uh, Sam, you haven't said very much, uh, throughout this process. Uh, what are you thinking? Um, is there anything you would change? Uh, so I like to pull in people who uh, don't seem like they're totally bought in yet. They have some reservation that they haven't voiced and they won't unless you bring it out of them. Um, you know, if that merits discussion with the group, by all means, um, discuss. Most of this time will hopefully be spent with, um, but again, set the expectation that, you know, this discussion leads to uh, real decisions when we leave this room, ideally. And finally, um, you know, if you've gotten to that point, just sort of uh, read the room um, really, really well a lot of times. I've also had it work not so well when uh, there's somebody who just um, doesn't feel like they were represented well or there's just enough uncertainty that was uh, unearthed uh, through this process where people realized there were much more team interdependencies than they thought before. And their, you know, their world order is kind of turned upside down and they're not sure uh, if what is on the board is actually okay. So everybody's nodding and happy and they get this. Awesome. You can close the meeting. You can say, um, you know, great, you know, send out notes later. We'll, um, you know, we'll work internally to figure out where we can draw the line. 
very much for participating. Um, if the, you know, you read the room and there's a lot of uncertainty, um, I usually use that to go, okay, we've made a lot of good progress today. Um, you know, let me work with each of the, each of you separately to, you know, see what your thoughts are after this, after you have some time to think about it. And we'll meet again next week for, um, you know, just an hour to review, um, you know, where we left off and, you know, what we think we're going to change. Um, you know, sometimes you have to just sort of go, okay, like, uh, there's, we're not going to walk out of here with consensus, um, and take, uh, what you've learned and take it offline individual stakeholders. Uh, and then, uh, finally, um, I, I think that's mostly it. You know, you just really also want to show respect when you close this meeting. Um, you know, thank everybody, even if it didn't go the, the way that you hoped as a PM, uh, maybe some of the things that you uh, thought would be higher aren't there. Uh, you know, really thank people for um, contributing, for engaging, uh, for spending that time with you. Uh, There's that time to build um, bonds and, uh, you know, help assert yourself as that, as that glue uh, that makes sure that everybody's heard and uh, that things happen. Um, if all of this sounds a little like I'm a therapist here or, you know, you as a PM are a therapist, well, guess what? Like, it's part of your job. Like, so much of this exercise uh, is just about getting people to talk about their feelings. Like, uh, the smartest of you out there in this process, you already know roughly what that list is going to look like when you walk out of that room. This isn't for you. This is for them. Uh, so make sure that you've showed them respect throughout this entire uh, process, that you've kept them on track if they've gotten off track, and you know thank them profusely for the time that they've put into this. Um, and I found that once, if you nail that, then people respect this process, and they get really excited about it. Uh, and the next time they know what to expect, and they come uh, with the right sort of stuff. So. I am going to be crazy, and I'm actually going to try and show you an example spreadsheet of, like, sort of a straw man of what I would do. So really quickly here, hopefully. Uh, do, 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 do. Hey, yeah, here's my calculator. So I just sort of created this fake, um, you know, spreadsheet for, like, a SaaS company. So... Um, I've jumped ahead to kind of in the middle of the slides that I was talking about, but in the beginning, you know, you would just sort of have like this list of stuff here, you know, which might've gone on farther than this. Um, and then these would have been, um, but in talking with my team, uh, my, my hypothetical team, you know, we decided that uh, scaling speed and revenue were the things that we wanted to focus on for the next 90 days. Um, you know, so we did that in the choose top goal section. And after discussion, you know, those were the three buckets that we landed on. Um, then we compared all of these asks um, to these top goals and how much they impacted them. Um, and there's actually like a sort of like, well, I'll show you now, there's like kind of an ugly nested if statement here to actually uh, calculate these things. And uh, I have it to where, you know, you can have this little drop down, pick high, low, medium, or I don't know. Uh, where for these three things, uh, scaling speed and revenue, high is a five, medium is a three, and uh, low is one, you know, sort of a naive weighting system. 
Uh, and then for effort, it's the opposite, right? I mean, obviously, like, um, it would actually be like a lower uh, total factor in the score because high score is good. So I sort of, uh, you know, went through this whole thing and I can sort uh, actually go on ahead and, you know, sort this range to see what I've um, been priority order in. And it looks like in this case, like there's three things that are kind of like at the top of the heap. Um, so for a scaling speed and revenue, um, you know, we said that uh, allowing users to change their subscription tier is a manual process right now. Um, and that this is just killing both the dev and customer experience teams. So it would have a high impact on scaling the business. Um, you know, maybe this is also a high impact on uh, the speed of the business because uh, we're spending a, a whole lot of time on this uh, from both the uh, people manpower on the customer experience side, but maybe a technical debt uh, uh, sort of thing on tech. Um, and then uh, we actually think that this will have a pretty significant amount of, of uh, impact on revenue because we're either getting churn from people leaving because they can't change their subscription tier by themselves or they want to change to a higher tier, but it takes us two weeks to actually change them and we're losing that sort of revenue. So in this case, like, you know, there's a high impact on all this stuff, but it's actually really hard to, so we've decided that, you know, it is, um, you know, actually a whole lot of effort. Now, if we turn that effort down, you know, later after the discussion, we found that the effort was actually much lower than we thought, then this is a clear winner for 18. In this naive weighting model, you know, the highest this can be is five, 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 five. Um, so there's 20 uh, is like the high score here. Now, uh, as I hinted before, uh, you may have, uh, you may have found that like scaling was the most important thing in the world. Um, I have all that sort of over here in this separate sort of sheet where, um, you know, this is scaling. Uh, I can rename that scaling now if I wanted to, but like a low is worth one and a medium is worth three and a high is worth five. You know, we might just decide that just straight up like scaling is the most important thing. So I'm just going to double all these values. Again, this is very naive and you can use whatever, um, you know, whatever you want for this. And I'm going to just sort of go on down the line here and just sort of update these uh, values. But if I were to go back here to my priorities and I were to um, go on ahead and sort range and Google Sheets is a little bit more annoying with this than Excel, but um, you might see that like some of my stuff could have changed um, because scaling is so much more important now. Things that had a high scaling um, score before, uh, but were like, um, but did didn't have as high uh, things in other places uh, might be further up this list. We have this sort of like dynamic uh, rescoring uh, scoreboard here. Uh, so um, you know, after assuming that you know you've determined effort and that this is all accurate, then here you go. Here's your stack rank list of uh, stuff that uh, we probably should do in the next ninety days. I guarantee that this is probably not exactly what every stakeholder wants, and that's a good thing. It's between um, what is really important to engineering versus what's really important to customer success, what's really important to uh, the CEO. Um, and uh, that's probably for the best. Um, but you'll also find that people will cross lines a lot too, and that someone who walked in there like the engineering team who really wanted to focus on technical debt um, might agree that yes you know given that um, you know speed and revenue are so important 
there's some projects that are very high um, in the speed and revenue department um, that are not as you know high in the scaling department, which is more likely to be the engineering um, you know sort of element, and that they agree. Um, you you want people to sort of have um, at least some aisle crossing and acceptance of this list, uh, and that's now we're talking about the point where you kind of like read the room and go and see if someone's really unhappy and why. Um, and then uh, I like to close, buddy, with just sort of asking um, two questions. One is, is there anything in this list at all that you think is just way too low and why? So, you know, there's a relief valve there for someone to be like, actually, now that I think about it, like retire legacy API is way too low. Like this is actually really affecting our scaling a lot. So we should probably raise the score, you know, recalculate this. In this case, maybe it didn't really do anything. Um, and in some cases, it's just a straight override. Like everyone uh, agrees that there's something missing there and you can just sort of, you know, grab this thing and just say, okay, it lives here now. Um, another question that I like to ask those to make sure that everybody um, is cool with everything, but also to get them thinking about skeletons in the closet are as far as interdependencies or execution go, and to be mindful over the next 90 days is um, risk is on here, or alternatively, 90 days from now, if we don't accomplish the top things on this list, what is the reason why we failed? Uh, what was it that broke us? Uh, which of these items was um, got out of hand? Or uh, what's not on this list that's going to keep us from executing? It's really valuable for everybody who's a decision maker in a group to think about that in context of the entire company and not just their own siloed um, list of, of asks um, for the roadmap. Um, also helps drive um, company consensus, uh, makes everyone really aware of what the thing is to look out for for the next 90 days. And um, invariably, in a 90-day cycle, the thing that someone said that they were really afraid of comes up. And, you know, you can remind them, like, when things are going sideways, um, you know, we thought about this, so uh, what's our mitigation plan? Um, I've always found it to be a, a valuable question to get people thinking about the company holistically the right way, but also to, um, you know, sort of calibrate their expectations that, um, you know, none of this is perfect. You know, this software, most software development environments are really agile. There's got to be those things. Those skeletons are going to make their way out of the closet and dance all over your house. And when they do, it's uh, time to keep calm and realize that, you know, you thought about this and uh, because you've thought about this, you might have some ideas about how to mitigate uh, those sorts of things. So uh, with that being said, uh, I think that would be the end. So um, uh, around, I'll, I'm happy to answer any sort of questions you may have. And um, you guys can also see my lovely face, hopefully now, although it's gotten dark in here since, uh, let's see if I can turn on the lights remotely. Alexa, oh, I love your mom. Uh, oh, there we go. Nice. Um, so I'll bring up the other chat window, which I've lost here, and uh, 
Oh, looks like someone hasn't asked any questions in no this questions. chat. I have a list a mile long, but right. um, we'll see. If anyone has questions, um, definitely add them in the chat. Or if you, oh, there you go. Uh, Ryan has one. Do you want to read through them, or I'll read them to you? Uh, I am reading it, so and I'll read it yeah, to the group. So the roadmap calculator sounds like a lighter version of the weighted shortest job first and cost of delay method. Um, I haven't looked in that particular method, but like opportunity scoring is kind of in this ballpark. Nothing, I don't claim like any brand like uh, originality to any of this. Like it's pretty straightforward kind of thing. Um, it's really just a, um, a simple tool to get people to think about um, weighting things in terms of actual customer impact. Um, if you know a more accurate or better way to sort of do that, by all means, um, do that to be the quote unquote simplest thing that works. Um, but I will absolutely look into uh, uh, WSJF and, uh, and check that out. You know, if there's something I can learn from that. Weighted WSJF is a terrible acronym. Someone needs to rebrand that whole thing. But yeah, weighted shortest job first. Yeah, it's still um, Wujif. Wujif. That's how you pronounce that. Wujif. Fairly <laughs> uh, familiar with the method, but um, the acronym certainly sounds uh, representative of what uh, I've laid out there. So. Uh, and yeah, maybe you know, maybe by osmosis is that, that as happens with PMs, you pick up something, uh, you know, or I picked up something. I mean, uh, will you, uh, you know, picked up something along the way that you know exists. Um, and again, yeah, I don't. Uh, I will not win points for like coming up with some super original thing. I try and uh, stick to the simplest thing that works. I found this to scale really well. You know, three to. Uh, 200-ish, like, uh, stakeholders. Like, it's really easy to put together, like, a stack rank list and uh, those stakeholders align and just, like, okay, everybody agrees these are the most important things. Here's the things that were weighted the most, uh, given those buckets of importance and how hard or easy they were. Um, given that, like, these seem like the best opportunities. Nice. Um, any other questions? I know there's a couple people lurking. I've got some messages in Slack that people are driving and listening to you like they would listen to an audiobook while they're driving. So if you're driving, please don't type anything. Um, but we'll <laughs> get their questions later. Um, I have a list, and I have to make you while you're going. So this spreadsheet happens during the meeting. So you start with the post-its and move to the spreadsheet during the meeting. The spreadsheet during the meeting. Yeah, you, am I breaking up still? Um, I, I caught I caught some of it. I'm sorry. Okay. Do you start with the spreadsheet? Uh, start with the post-its and move to the spreadsheet during the meeting. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. I um I just start. Yeah, absolutely. Start with the post-its. I sort of come in and just be like, um, all right, you know, this is where, you know, you guys write down what you think the top few goals are for the company, and you're going to get up here and talk about why you chose what you did. Um, and yeah, definitely it's kind of a, a parallel thing. Like I like to have like the giant spreadsheet in the sky of all the asks from all the different teams. Um, and I try and be fair and combine everybody's 
um, and, you know, work things that were on the top of each of their lists into the top of the spreadsheet, but, you know, you kind of have to round robin those sorts of things. But um, before we even open a spreadsheet, I just open it with voting on what's some, what are the most important things that we as a company should be focusing on in the next quarter. Um, and again, you know, some, some companies are really, really good about this. Like some companies have super strong OKRs around this stuff. They're like, oh yeah, we're going to increase revenue by 31% uh, by, you know, September 1st, you know, 2017. And you don't have to have that discussion. You can just be like, okay, you know, uh, our goals are to increase revenue, increase, you know, by 31%, increase conversion by 25%, and to reduce churn by 10% or something if you're a SaaS company, right? Um, some of those are like really well-defined. Um, other companies, not so much, like uh, depending on like how well organized you are, sometimes people haven't really actually thought about this very deeply. Um, but it's usually an eye opener to see like um, where people are coming from because uh, different teams are from different places. Uh, and it's a great place to drive that consensus where it's like one team member might be like, oh, I, turn, you know, I realize now there's really only caring about things inside of my own team or my own bubble and that, um, you know, something, um, you know, uh, reduced uh, or better, like I'll just use the example of like, um, you know, a better self-service uh, help system or forum is actually like really, really important. And it's, it was causing the customer experience pain, uh, team all this pain and they spent 90% of their time answering questions that um, could be completely answered if there's just that resource to do that. And they sort of, they, they gain that empathy uh, so much of this is just about gaining the empathy uh, of other teams uh, and having, um, you know, stakeholders realize that what they thought was the most important thing might be something they should be flexible about. And do you cut off the list at some point? Say, okay, there's, you know, 15 items on this list, but let's be realistic, we have 90 days. I find it's usually hard to, um, to do that inside of the two-hour meeting. And the reason why is because... Usually, under you usually uncover a dependency that people didn't really realize was there, uh, and that can have implications on estimations. So you can try to do that um, if you're sufficiently confident and you have the right uh, high functioning group in the room. You can you can try and say, okay, where's the line for this quarter? Um, what I usually do when I leave the meeting, uh, I usually phrase it as. Um, okay, you know, we know what our priorities would be in a natural order here. Um, you know, I'm going to work with each of you and, um, you know, needs to contribute to estimation, uh, be it, you know, develop, development teams or, or, you know, what, what have you to figure out what resources you have and like how far we can get down this list. And I'll send out notes with a final line of where we're going to draw things. And maybe it's after item 12, maybe it's after item eight. It's after item 24, uh, but that it's usually a, a hard thing to wing that inside of the actual meeting itself and get it right. Um, usually enough extra information comes to light that I try and catch that a little bit. Um, it also leaves you a little bit of room. Um, this is being pretty prescriptive to where your stakeholders are telling you exactly what to build in what order. Um, but there's all, you know, a little bit of your job is to understand also, and maybe if you did something a little, just a little bit different, in a, in a slightly different order, and you have good reasons to explain it makes sense to, um, you know, bump something up a couple slots 
and explain, you know, why you came, why you and the team came to that conclusion after um, talking more in depth about what the real level of that does involve and that sort of thing. So this shouldn't, um, this should be painted as like a a nice way to get started on the roadmap. But I also try and leave the conversation. The final roadmap is to come along with some notes, and I'll follow up with each of you before I publish that. Um, it allows you a little bit of flexibility to talk about the, the new stuff that has come to light uh, through the process. Uh, you could talk about it there, but then it's a, you know it ends up being like a one-day meeting, and sometimes you'd have to pull in like a lead developer who's not there to really give you an accurate estimate of what what it really looks like to migrate the database now that they know that like three other teams depend on the data that's in there, right? Like that's a pretty deep conversation. Yeah. Um, and this is really like more tactical. It's like, you know, um, what are what are really like the items that are most impactful to customers in the next quarter? Um, and that usually ends up being pretty close to the final list. Anyway. Cool. If there's any more questions, please add them in the chat. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep going down my list. Um, but I know Ryan's still in there. Um, if anyone else has questions, uh, please feel free to ask. Um, I just have two more. It's again just like the tactics of how you sort of arrange this. Like, how far in advance do you do your 90-day planning? And then on the flip side of that, like, is it sort of dependent on the team structure? Like, I can imagine the 90 days. Some teams aren't done with whatever they had planned for that previous 90 days, so they're rolling into maybe a new quarter. And how does that sort of allocate? How do you allocate resources now that this roadmap has been done? It's not like okay, we made the list. Now let's go do it. We still have to rearrange the people. Yeah, I mean, this kind of has to be a part of the company DNA. Like, um, you know, this definitely has to be something that people are um, buy into. Um, you know, starting the process, you know, two to three to four weeks, depending on what kind of uh, lead time you need, um, can set the expectation that, you know, starting, you know, July 1st or whenever the next quarter is, you know, we're going to try and plan this way, and we're going to try and execute this way. It does take everybody's buy-in, um, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. Like, I think that's one of the positives that can come out of this is that um, people know what to expect. Um, you know, a counterexample is, like, I, uh, you know, one company I worked at, um, like, um, quarterly, well, it was at least, like, every six months roadmap planning. But the way that it worked is just, like, you knew it was going to happen, but there's no official invite for it. It took all week. It took the, it shut the entire company down to like figure all this stuff out. Um, there's no real structure around it. And then in the end, we didn't end up doing half of what we thought we were going to do because we were thinking too far ahead and too large of increment of like what we thought we could get done in six months. And so every six months, the company was shut down for a week to like figure this stuff out were really pessimistic about it because nothing ever really got done and it was a huge waste of their time. And they kind of knew it was coming, but it was never officially scheduled. So it was always this annoying surprise. Um, so I think you can use this method to instead of cadence and all those things actually pay really big dividends. If you can get people bought in and do this two or three times in a row, people know that in the you know couple weeks leading up to the end of the quarter, that they need to really think deeply about what's important to the company in the next order in the short term, and that what we decide is what we're going to execute. Um, that's part of the setting expectations part. Sometimes that involves more than you. Know, this 
requires, and again, this is not a bad thing necessarily unless you have uh, particularly difficult executives, uh, but like some of this uh, sometimes involves like getting buy-in from uh, upper management and you know managing upstream and saying, hey, um, could probably work better this way, let's give this a try. Um, so uh, it might not, you know, you might have some, depending on where you're at, like this could be easier or harder to do. I've I've usually found a way to get people to try this, and when they try this, they're usually pretty happy with it. Um, but your mileage may vary depending on uh, your company. Every company is a snowflake, so. This is true. Cool, it looks like, uh, I'll probably take this as the last question from Serge. How much does this process change quarter to quarter? Do you, st do you see it staying roughly the same? Yeah, I mean, I found it pretty repeatable. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of a case where I haven't. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, if anything, it becomes more and more homogenous because people know what to expect and they come prepared and they know it's going to be the right way to think about compromise. Um, I've, you know, I've actually found it to be more successful like the second and third, fourth time. And if anything, like more homogenous, like I just, once, once people get it the first time, then it becomes easier and easier and easier to do it. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's exceptions, like, um, if you, yeah, if you work for, like, like, you know, maybe you have, like, powerful CEO who, like, wants to have more of a voice in this, uh, you might have to, you know, find a way to let them have their stage time uh, without derailing, like, the process of making sure everybody gets heard. But, um, you know, it, your job is to kind of equalize voices. Like, part of part of this framework and the advantage of it is to um, give voices to people who, uh, like, and, uh, you know, that kind of goes back to what I said earlier about, you know, if all of this sounds like you're a therapist, but you kind of are. Like, so much of this is uh, about you know, driving consensus is really just like letting people who are pissed off about feeling like their voice is never heard when you plan stuff be heard very well. Like it could be like 80% of the time you actually end up not doing what they, they want to do anyway, but at least they understand why. Like they understand that, hey, we've got bigger fish to fry. So it's just giving everybody that stage to give their input. Um, and you know, sometimes those people are really right. Sometimes they're just grumpy nerdy wells who you know, might learn something. Sometimes they're sometimes they don't. Uh, but um, you know, you kind of have to give everybody a seat at the table. And when you do, um, you'll get some more respect from those people who think that they just didn't even have a chance to vote. So uh, I yeah, I can't think of a situation where like change super dramatically. It's like it's evolved over time, but I can't think of like change where like quarter over quarter I go, oh, well, this part of the process really didn't work, so I don't want to do it anymore for this team. Like, um, not really. Like, it's, you know, like even the hard parts for teams, like they should, they're important questions, right? It's like, what could go wrong? Um, is this stuff in the right order? Why not? Like, these are pretty universal questions, and uh, it's kind of hard for me to imagine that, like, not asking them is, like, a, you know, a, a, a bigger benefit long term.
for the company. Um, so I found, yeah, keeping us pretty simple and static has worked pretty well. Nice. I think that's a good note to end on. So thank you Great. so much, Tim, for sharing your experience and I, I know I learned a lot. I've been through so many versions of roadmap planning that they never feel the same and it always feels like an uphill battle. So it, this actually to me almost feels like if you were to think of like a a more macro agile sprint where you have your planning ahead and it's, it becomes just part of the process and it's super simple and almost numbers driven. You say, here's where everything fell. We good, we good, cool. Maybe even do a retro at the end of the quarter. Um, and go from there. So this is, I think this is awesome. And you said you'll be sharing uh, a lot of the references you mentioned uh, uh, I, in Slack. Yeah, exactly. I will share a link to the couple of articles or, or writings out there that I think are like close to or have influenced this. I'll also link to that book, How to Measure Anything, if you're actually interested in like trying to um, master the art of like sizing development estimates or like effort estimates. Um, and something I, I hope to do over the next few days is actually like postable medium posts for those of you who are, uh, you know, better, better readers and less, uh, you know, less listeners. Um, you know, me personally, like I tend to compose, uh, uh yeah, uh, uh, or understand, uh, stuff a little bit better when I'm reading it than, uh, than in a PowerPoint presentation. So hopefully I can actually, uh, you know, outline this in the form that, um, people can read and I'll, I'll post that in there too, but, uh, I'll post immediate links. I'm also, I'll share out the spreadsheet that I built this generic sort of spreadsheet and then, uh, you know, people can choose to use it or eject it from their memory, but at least I'll uh, have something that they can, uh, that they can look at and see how it's put together. Well, I know I'll be borrowing it. So thank you for sharing it. And um, thanks so much again. I know we have some thanks already coming through the chat. Um, this will be archived on the JustProduct.co site, so people usually tend to watch it also after the fact. So we'll have more um, views and more questions maybe coming in through the Slack after this. Um, yeah. And thanks so much, everyone who joined and everyone who will be watching in the future. Next month, I believe it's on the 17th, um, we have Kristen Womack who will be uh, talking about product analytics. And so that'll be, um, I'm pretty sure it's 17, 7 p.m. Uh, the link is already on the Just Product site, so justproduct.co. Um, same place you probably RSVP for this. And if you're interested in doing a talk for, I believe we have May, no, May's covered, June, July, August, um, get in touch with me, Jen, at justproduct.co or in the Slack. And I'd love to have um, more perspectives come in and uh, join us for future months. So thanks so much for joining. and. Uh, happy April. Thanks, Jen. Bye. See you guys in the chat.